Today on the podcast, we had Eve, who has been a long friend. Uh, at one point in my career, he was a mentor of mine, someone I shared an office with, and someone that I respect greatly. And it was a lot of fun having him there. Yeah, I think people are going to be stoked to have uh, have listened to this one. I think Eve's was from my like first impressions, right? Super authentic guy, super genuine, super. Um, I would even say vulnerable on 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 this podcast. So I think, uh, yeah, buckle up and, and have a listen. Please enjoy responsibly. Welcome to Tea Talks. I'm one of your hosts, Topher. And I'm one of your other hosts, Jamie. Each week, we're sitting down with a fellow human to discuss the importance of men talking. Some of our guests are going to have gritty, difficult stories to listen to, and some are going to have stories that might seem a little less intense. So brew yourself a nice cup of tea and listen along. Love you all. Love you all. Well, Keith, thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate it. I'm excited to have a chat with you. Uh, I actually have, I mean, I talked to you on the phone earlier this week, but before that, we, you and I haven't talked in a long time, and we used to share an office together, um, yeah. and I used to crush you at ping pong most days. Uh, <laughs> I think you're already starting with a lie. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so we, you and I used to talk a lot. And uh, you, uh, excuse me, at one point in my career, you were a mentor of mine. Um, and I think I was, as I've said to you already, uh, throughout your career, someone that I've looked up to. Um, nice. And uh, yeah, it's it, thought it'd be really cool to have a chat with you about the the topic that this podcast is all about, which is men kind of sharing their experiences with mental health and, uh, and addiction and other things and uh, really showing people that there's no shame around it and that it, it should be something that's, that's spoken about, not necessarily highlighted, but, but talked about in a way that people understand there isn't, uh, there's nothing to be ashamed of and there's nothing that you should be hiding. Um, and everyone's going through it. If not everyone, a lot of people are going through it or going through something anyway. Um, shame, yeah, shame being the biggest thing, but like it's so detrimental to, to your mental health, your physical health, holding on to shame. And, uh, the only way I think you can combat shame is just by getting it out there. So that, that's what, I think precipitated Topher and I getting together and mm. sharing it with amongst ourselves. And we're like, this feels good. Maybe we can show other people and, and that it's okay to share. And yeah. Shame, shame. And I'd say like that voice that, that beats you up on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the mean voice that we all have, like, especially when we had, we, we, uh, uh, I think the more that you, um, that you want to make a dent in the world, the heart, like sometimes the meaner that voice can get. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, no, I, I get it. And the la- the louder that voice is, and in so many cases, you're the only one that's hearing that, right? No one, no one else is thinking that. No one else is experiencing that. It's just it's purely internal. Everything is relative, right? We all we all have um, you know different uh, things that define us as we as we as we get older, and as and uh, but I think like uh, you know, in in your in your case, what you've shared is it gives permission to everybody else to you know share without because. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, on the, on the scale of things, maybe like, uh, some of the things that I have gone through, uh, definitely pales in comparison, just out of the, you know, out of the gate. Uh, but, yeah, but at uh, the same time, don't disqualify it, you know, don't no, no, I, I totally, I totally, I totally agree. I'm just saying like, like th- there should be no reason for me to not be openly talking about the things I've gone through given, uh, not, sure. it's not, it's not like, you know, 
you know, measuring scars, like, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I I appreciate, I I appreciate um, feeling comfortable to share all that uh, with me and given that we've just met right now. Yeah. 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 No, for sure, man. Yeah. That's, that's actually, it's interesting. It's something Jamie and I talked about when we were discussing the, this podcast in general. And I kind of said, I said the same thing. I was like, I wonder if, I wonder if I, my, like my personal experience is like overshadowed by like someone who has more trauma or someone who has a different story. Um, and one of the things we both realized like very quickly is like, no, fuck that. Like everyone's story has a place and everyone's story has a weight on, on that individual's shoulders. So, um, yeah, exactly what you said. It's not about measuring scars. It's about, uh, it's about sharing your experience because everyone has a different experience and there'll be someone that resonates with, with what Mm. you're talking about for sure. So, um, yeah, I do think it is an important, like, like, specifically to men right you mentioned like it's like a scar measuring contest right like there's another there's another metaphor that we could use uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I almost said it but yeah no yeah, <laughs> yeah. but but like that like i think especially when it comes to men like that is an actual issue that like right right like like that with with i can't speak for women um but with guys, right? It's like, we use, we use what we know about each other, especially the more intimate we become, um, the better friends we become. We use the information we know about each other to kind of rib each other, right? Like we knew Tober was going to be late. So we ribbed him about it, but like <laughs> we knew that he was late because like, you know, something had happened to him when he was younger or, or like, who knows, right? Like yeah. it, it adds this other element within, with, within male relationships that, that makes it difficult for us to share sometimes because because I don't know, it just takes a level of trust. I think, do you, do you know what I mean? Like there's, there is a level of measuring and there is a level of like, um, critic, not criticism, but like healthy ribbing, I guess. And like it, crossing lines is like, it, it's a really difficult thing to, sh- to do, to dance around. Yeah. Yeah. There's two sides, but one is like the healthy ribbing side. The other side is like, we actually do <laughs> kind of compare our, like, our shit constantly. Right. Yeah. So, it, you know, that there is an element is like your scar is bigger than my scar, but it's, but that's not relevant for this conversation, which is funny. <laughs> no. And I think your red thread, as far as like, you know, this podcast is just a platform that people can be vulnerable and, uh, you know, not, not worry about whatever, um, whatever uh, consequences they create for themselves in their head about sharing openly, you know, what they've gone through. So, uh, I love I love the idea and and uh, I think uh, I think this will resonate. I think also I can tell right away that all all three of us are very genuine in terms of like uh, and authentic in terms of like just uh, uh, just sharing. And so uh, so I think uh, yeah yeah I'm uh, I'm I'm hopeful that you know these conversations will will help someone else that's listening to this. Yeah, awesome. Um, Eve, do you want to give a little bit of a background, uh, sort of where you're from, who you are? Um, you don't need to give too much, too much detail. I mean, people who know you will kind of put the pieces together, obviously, but, uh, yeah, let us, let us know who you, who you are. Yeah. So, uh, so name's Eve Boudreau. Uh, I am now the CEO of careerbeacon.com. Prior to that, I was the CEO of Alongside. Prior to that, the CEO of Kimfold. Prior to that, the CEO of, uh, SkillsMatch. Um, I make it sound like it's a big deal, but it's the same company that just kind of rebranded and changed over the years, uh, uh, except for Caribbean, which we acquired last year. Uh, 
uh, after a, a pretty rocky journey. Uh, but yeah, I've been uh, I've been doing this uh, pretty much most of my life. Um, I've only been employed, I think, for about uh, five or six years of my total professional career. But I started my uh, I'm from Bathurst, New Brunswick, so I started my uh, my uh, my first company when I was 19. Um, didn't really know anything that I was do- like uh, anything that I was doing. Um, and, uh, you know, built uh, essentially a boutique design agency. We had some big clients, like we had big brands in the US and, and even in Europe that were customers of ours. And we grew really quickly, but I was pretty immature um, and not didn't really understand what I was doing. Um, hated cash flow management, all of those things that I feel are super critical now. Um, so uh, we kind of fizzled out. Um, Things happen, bad decisions, um, office that we're in went up in flames, a few things like that, minor things. Um, <laughs> Literally caught fire? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I didn't say it, it wasn't an insurance thing. Because <laughs> I, I still had to uh, I still had to file for personal bankruptcy after that happened. So so like that's not necessarily like the most traumatic thing I've I've done I've gone through in my life, but like going through personal bankruptcy in your mid-20s when everybody else is kind of you know, uh, enjoying life, going out, you know, starting families. And, and, uh, and for me, like, uh, you talked about the shame uh, earlier, um, and those types of things, like, uh, it's pretty, uh, pretty, uh, pretty challenging, uh, position to be in. Um, but you did say to keep it short. So, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll get into like, essentially like <laughs> all of the things that kind of like led to, um, like I said, it's not, it's not the the most traumatic thing that I've gone through but it was pretty is it it was a pretty interesting way to start my uh my my professional life personal bankruptcy yeah yeah, yeah. that's what, that's that's crazy what, what was the experience of having everything go up in flames like literally uh i mean we were already struggling at the time like we had uh we had made some uh we had, uh, like I mentioned, cash flow management, like we had just spent like foolishly. And at the time, this is in the early 2000s. And like everything was expensive, like computers were expensive, like video technology, we were we all the all the things we needed. And not, not only that, it didn't last very long, because the upgrades were so prominent, like now, it's now today, like, it, like, there's such a light longer lifespan for most of the technology than there was back in the day. And so we just ran out of money to like to stay competitive. Uh, and you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. It was mostly like, it was a company that was also kind of like a party. Like it was like, <laughs> you know, it was me and five friends of mine and we were all happened to be really talented and that kind of led us to have some success initially. But then when, when, um, so the fire was almost symbolic for me. Um, right. I do remember, I do remember that being like, close to being where I had my first panic attack. And I think anyone who's ever had a panic attack, the first one, you always think you're going to die. Um, and I had the first one on the highway. And I remember like, it was like a few weeks after that fire had happened. And we were like, um, you know, deep into like trying to figure something out with insurance and trying to figure out, can we keep going? And like, what do we do? Like, we didn't have any real technology that, you know, like the local college lent us some computers that we could work on. Like, like it was, uh, uh, it was pretty, uh, pretty like traumatic for me anyway at that time. But I do remember like driving on the highway, like probably a few weeks after that and coming to a realization that everything was kind of falling apart and have, having my first panic attack and I couldn't breathe. I had to stop on the side of the road. Um, and I had no idea what it was, you know, I, and ended up going to the hospital and sure enough, it was a, it was a panic attack. And I had quite a few of those, I think for like, um, 
from like 2005 till 2007, uh, because it took me about two years before I decided to file for personal bankruptcy before that, before, before, before uh, making that jump, like I, I tried to, you know, work deals with the banks. I tried to, I, I tried to do everything I could to avoid the bankruptcy. Um, but I was just killing myself slowly, uh, like in terms of like my health, like I was, I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't eating and, um, uh, I look great for, um, for, you know, that, 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 that position that I was in, cause it was great for, you know, ma- maintaining my weight. But uh, <laughs> other, than, other than that, I, uh, I was, yeah. So, uh, but filing for bankruptcy, um, was, uh, was for me, like if you're a founder, if you're trying to start your own company, you're trying to like, uh, there's an there's ego involved um like regardless of what people say like there's some sense of pride that's that goes with you know trying to build something from the ground up and and for me like at the time i was doing like i mentioned a party a while ago but we it was like work hard party hard like we put in like 70 80 hours a week on average like we we had i don't know how many sleepovers at the office uh, <laughs> you know for deadline to meet deadlines right um so i was burnt out when you put that much time into something and it doesn't work and you don't know at the time you're young, you don't really know how to like react to like, you haven't, you, you feel like the, the, I've put everything I had and it did not work. So you can't, uh, because you summarize the amount of time you put into something as the reason, uh, why, uh, as, as your worth. Right. And, right. Yeah. And, uh, it becomes, it becomes part of your identity. Yeah. So you're like, okay, I, I, I worked so hard and it didn't work. And so you think to yourself, I'm never going to be successful. I'm never going to like, cause I'm not going to have the energy to go through that a second time. Um, yeah. So I or, just, or, yeah, yeah. Or maybe this, maybe this failure is a reflection of my ability. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. No. And so, so for me, like uh, what people don't talk about very much, like I, in some countries, if you fell for bank, if you, if you can't pay your debts, you go to prison. So we're, I'm very, yeah. I'm very thankful that we have a bankruptcy system that allows people to have a second chance. Um, but what people don't talk about when, when someone goes through personal bankruptcy, you're reminded almost not daily, but quasi daily for seven years that you failed. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you don't have any credit, like you got to rebuild your credit. You, um, you know, you just, um, basic things in life that you might need, like a car loan or something like you just, those are not really available to you. Like I, I know it sounds like. Um, doesn't sound that terrible, but again, that reminder all the time of like having failed, like it was really hard on the, on the head mentally. Yeah. That's an interesting point. Sorry, James cut you off, but that's an interesting point about that. Like as a reminder, um, because I think that bankruptcy gets overlooked, overlooked many cases, um, especially if there's any like entrepreneurs listening because of the ego and the shame attached to it. But that's more around like everyone else knowing that you filed for bankruptcy not the like subtle reminders constantly for the next five to seven years that like, that like will stab at you as an individual, right? It's, that's not like your family and friends and investors knowing that's like the, the more subtle voice inside your head reminding you like, Oh, you're a fucking failure. Like just like <laughs> for, for a prolonged period of time. Especially if you try to get to get a TV on credit at Best Buy, you can't even get that. <laughs> <laughs> the sixteen-year-old person's calling you a loser because you got no credit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's uh, yeah, no. Um, and the other thing too, like they're like, uh, I was recruited, um, so I ended up working in economic development after, which is amazing because I was able to help other founders who were trying to start their own businesses and use my experiences to 
help them avoid some of the mistakes I made. Um, and I was, I was really good for deal flow for like on, on prospects with the local banks. And so I ended up like everyone ended up knowing me eventually. And I started getting job offers from banks, but banks won't hire you if you've been bankrupt or if you've been personally <laughs> bankrupt, they won't hire you. So, so I remember like, you know, getting wine and dined and like, they were super excited <laughs> about like making me an offer. And I was like, Hey, out of the blue, uh, before you make me this offer, like, I should probably let you guys. Hypothetically speaking, hypothetically, <laughs> if someone's been bankrupt before, can they actually work at a bank? <laughs> Turns out you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, sorry, I cut you off uh, a minute ago. Do you remember what you're going to ask? No, I, I just think no. I first, I'm 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 grateful and like humbled that you you know feel comfortable enough to share about like panic attacks and that kind of thing. Um, so thank you very much for 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 sharing that. You know, like that's we brush by it casually, but you know, for some people that is a huge thing, maybe that they're listening and going through right now. And, and, uh, I just don't want to overlook the strength it takes to take, to tell an audience or whoever, even if it's just two, you know, one guy who's always late and a stranger. Um, <laughs> Can I what, this one down, Topher? <laughs> yeah, what you've, uh, you know, what you struggled with and like the, you know, you said you didn't know what it was and went to the hospital. Like I'm sure like back at that time, that was a very difficult and, and scary time, I guess. And I was just curious, like, who did you have people to re- that you could lean on at that time? Or was there, did you have a support system to kind of help build you, build you back up? Or did you have to kind of do that yourself? Or yeah, I mean, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I I'm fortunate, like I've, I've, uh, I've got loving parents who were always supportive, uh, of what I was trying to do. Um, you know, there's not really any entrepreneurs like my, my mom definitely took some, some stabs at trying to start her own business, but like the broader family, there's not a ton of like entrepreneurs within like, um, within my family. And, uh, and there was all, there was my wife, um, she wasn't my wife at the time, but my wife, Lisa was, was, was there for the the toughest times of like, she was there through the bankruptcy. She was there. Like she could have totally like left me like, cause we weren't that we had only been together for, you know, a couple of years. She could totally avoid it, all that stress and just found somebody else who wasn't following for bankruptcy in their (laughs) mid twenties. Uh, but she stuck, you know, she really, she was uh, stuck by me. Um, but I will say this, like, um, uh, I've learned a lot about myself over the years. Like I'm 40, uh, I'm 44 now. And I was, I would have been like mid twenties. So that was 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, and I've been through like even more like stressful situation, oddly enough, since then. Um, and I haven't had a panic attack again. I've never had a panic attack, uh, after, um, I had it for like consistently for about three years. Yep. And what I've learned is like with, with panic attacks is, um, it's if if you don't know what's causing it that's why you get them like if you start to like really be self-aware or like why you're feeling a certain way and you kind of act on it like whether that's you that's you like being um you know um conscious about putting the effort in and, and disconnecting yourself from a certain situation somehow or like you know finding a little bit more time for yourself like i do i do find like i've i've dealt with some extreme lows highs and lows since then uh, but I've kind of like almost like rewired my brain to now understand why it is that I'm, uh, that I'm getting those panic attacks and making, and also the thing is, is like, once you've gone through bankruptcy and once you've gone through like, you know, literally a building that you're in, like going up in flames, like the, the office that you're in, um, <laughs> yeah. 
it kind of shapes you honestly like to like deal with what comes next so even though that there's been like much more serious like you know our backs have been to the wall many many times like since we started this new company over the last eight or nine years um i i've been fortunate enough that i haven't uh, i haven't gone through i've been definitely stressed yeah um, but i haven't had any any panic attacks since that 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 those initial f- first few years oh fair enough and it has like do you find that shit like when it's building up and your backs are against the wall again like being able to communicate with with your partners or or your or like your romantic partner or whoever like t- talking yeah. it out before it gets to the point where it bubbles over in a, in a panic attack is that part of the strategy that that works or is it just you've kind of found it internally on how to manage it rather than externally i think it's a combination of both like i i, I do think like uh, i like that was i was the sole founder of my first company and i have a co-founder now and i think that makes a big difference right like you're sure. you got two people at least in the trenches and you can rely on each other to like support each other yeah. uh throughout the throughout that so uh so i think that's a that's definitely a big part of it um yeah. I, I think also um the um the landscape is very different like uh, being an entrepreneur in the like ni- late 90s early 2000s like no one was entrepreneurship wasn't what it is today like people didn't talk about you know founder uh you know roller coasters and it was like uh, even social media, like a lot of platforms didn't even exist, right? <laughs> like, so, so there wasn't a lot of conversational, it wasn't a, converse, a topic of conversation. And especially if you're in a small town, like it's even less. So you have, you can't really talk to your friends about a lot of these things because they're not necessarily going to relate. Like you can't right. like, and sometimes it can be more frustrating and, and then, than, than helpful. Uh, today, I think the landscape is so much better for uh, entrepreneurs uh, because there is kind of this camaraderie, like especially online around like people kind of like, um, you know, jumping in and 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 even these types of things, like you never have a <laughs> this podcast or like, you know, yeah. us talking about these things like wouldn't have happened 20 years ago. No, no. Um, so, so I think like all of those things kind of together have just made it a better um um, a slightly better anyway, like landscape for someone to kind of go through this journey again. Yeah. We, uh, we had, um, Isaac on, um, last week or week before, um, <clears throat> excuse me. He's uh, a venture capitalist. He was with real ventures and now is with, uh, Pender ventures. I think is what it's called. Um, and, uh, one of the questions we asked him is as an investor, do you, do you feel like founders can be upfront with, uh, topics such as like mental health, burnout, things like that. Do you find, and any, and he had some really interesting stuff around that. And he was, he was saying that he finds the, the conversations they're having internally now are designed to support the founder with those things a lot more. Do you find with a, your mentor network, but also more importantly, your investor group? Cause I know that you have a kind of an array of investors. Do you find with, with that group of people, you can be honest about burnout, like stress, uh, and things like that, or do you still feel like you have to be shielded? Uh, I love that question because, uh, it's been something, I, I, it's been an internal debate for me for years. Um, and, uh, the fact that I'm literally like, this is the first time I'm probably as open as I've been on anything in the, on this podcast. So, um, so I, I think the answer is, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, <laughs> I think I think the more the the more that the prominent, especially the prominent VCs, can make it uh, normalized 
the the ability for founders to talk openly about those things. I think, um, you know, we'll we'll open it up. But there's all definitely some old school like investors and VCs who I find I don't find have that comfort to to share. Um, I think I, it's it's a generational thing too, perhaps because I think like, um, you know in in my parents and grandparents generation like they went through a lot of these things and they never talked about it and they still don't talk about those things um yeah and and they went through some you know probably even more um you know mentally damaging uh situations and sometimes we go through and it's still you would still never know yeah um, and so so i think like part of it's it's interesting because like um you know we we had some pretty traumatic things happen to our company in 2019, uh, where we had essentially a partnership that went pretty hostile. Um, and, and our, essentially the other company tried to, um, uh, to do a corporate takeover that was that wasn't something that, I guess it's the best way I could describe it. I don't want to get too you know too yeah. specifics around. Um, but essentially like it put us, um, it put us at massive risk because, um, we, we the the actions that we're taking like literally like um was forcing us to consider closing the company and it was like six years in roughly and then we had put everything like we had into it and um and i felt again that whole cycle kind of came back around you know this i felt like the decisions i had made uh put us in that position and I felt embarrassed and I started questioning myself over like, do I have what it takes to like run this company? Like, do I really know what I'm doing? Uh, I felt like guilt with my team because I know how much they had put, you know, like uh, blood, sweat and tears into making this partnership successful. And, and, and it all felt like it was, it was for nothing. Um, so I was in a really, really bad spot. Um, and, uh, and there's definitely, uh, and, and I communicated, I, I had lots of hints as far as like, you know, where I was mentally, like in my investor updates, but not, uh, not as honestly, not as brutally honest as I could have been. Cause like I was, I was dealing with some insane anger issues. <laughs> um, I was just, I was just angry because I felt like, okay, like, why is it that, you know, um, we got a good group of people trying to do good things. And then all of that gets kind of taken away uh, almost overnight for us. And then, um, and like I mentioned, embarrassed and just like, uh, and I didn't like, I haven't like, I'm going to an event today. It's my first public event, I think since January, 2019, like that tells you like, just how, like, I was embarrassed to like, I didn't want to talk to anyone. I didn't want to like, even though most people obviously didn't know what was going on. I just like, mm -hmm. I didn't want to put the poker face on and go to these events and talk like everything's cool and everything's great. And you know, the, the, the usual bullshit, I just didn't have it in me. Um, but even then, like I still didn't feel comfortable like sharing how, um, how bad of a position I was in. Like, like my anger management got me in trouble actually like, you know, playing hockey and doing other things like where it was just like, I was just like, um, like, rage boiling inside of me but it will also kind of help me get through it as well because i use that anger to kind of like fuel like give me the, the little bit of fuel that i needed to get through it but um yeah i was never uh, because part of it was um i felt a responsibility to the team um because i felt like if i put myself out there like and then and then uh, you know there's questions around my ability to run the team or just like 
uh, you know, does it prevent us from raising more money? Does it prevent us from uh, getting that financial support that we need to get through this? Because uh, we did need to like find some money very quickly. We need to essentially find half a million dollars in a few weeks uh, to avoid losing everything. Um, so I didn't share a whole lot from that from my personal and, perspective. Do you, do you mind if I ask if you if you were open with Ben? Ben being your founder, co-founder, were you open with Ben at that time? Yeah, not immediately because Ben and I like the reason that we're still like the reason we're here today is like we're uh, we're actually very good under pressure somehow. Um, we just kind of go we 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 go into like a different on a different level. Like it's it's almost like everything becomes clearer. Because when your back's on the wall, there's not there's not that many options, right? There's not that many paths you can take. It's like, okay, what are options? You can identify that very quickly, and then you can identify the actions that you need to take, and what's the, um, and so so we went straight into like survival mode, um, and uh, and after that was after we kind of like started started to look like we were gonna get be able to like overcome that that situation. Uh, then we started talking openly about like. The impact that it had, like on me, the impact that it had on him and his family, and, um, right. and uh, it was, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was weird. Like we have, like we have each other's back, even though, like, we don't always say, like, like we, I, I just know he has my back, and he understands that sometimes, you know, I'm like in 2020, especially, like I was drained because, like, pe- people had the pandemic, and everyone was like, you know, 2020 sucks. Well. I was already a wounded animal by the time (laughs) (laughs) I was already limping my way into the, into, into the year. So like when it came, I was like, whatever, just throw that fucking pile. Right. I didn't, (laughs) it actually didn't even in a way kind of made me feel a little bit better. Cause I was like, okay, well at least now I'm not the only one who feels like (laughs) bringing everyone down to your level. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but in 2020, like I, uh, I really reduced uh, my hours like in the office and, um, and just try to like, it, it, I would say it wasn't a year. It was a year where we just like decide to maintain. Like we're like, okay, like we survive that that situation. Um, but do we like we didn't have the energy to like jump into something new? Like we we're building a new product, and realistically, like we Ben and I sat down and we we just went like, I don't have the energy to start over again. And he's like, I don't have the energy. I'm glad you brought it up because I don't have it either. Uh, so in 2020, like it was like. Um, yeah, like I, I was probably working like 20 to 30 hours a week instead of the, you know, 50 to 60, if not more, but like, uh, I just needed to, uh, I just need like to, to use oh, yeah. that time to recharge. That's huge. Yeah. Self, that's self-awareness. That's, I'm, I, I, I was so burnt out that like, even if I would have wanted to, it's, right. it is self-awareness, but it's also like, I physically can't do it. Like, it's I'm just like, I'm, I'm mentally drained. I can't, you know, like just sometimes just responding to an email was just like, felt like, um, you know, just, yeah. Yeah. Overwhelming. That's, uh, I think that's a really important thing for people to hear though, because like your people's perspective of you and I I was around you while you were going through some of that really hard stuff in 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I know you well, so I could see that you were stressed, but you, you never, it never, I never saw the like shame and guilt you felt around it. Like you hid that very well, which is, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just an observation. Um, but also I, there was never a point in my opinion, there's never a point where like my opinion changed Mm. because of all the shit that you were going through. 
um, towards like a negative way. Like it was, I, I never would have been like, oh, he fucked up or he failed or, you know, all of those negative thoughts that you had about yourself um, were, were internal. And that, and I think that's one of the biggest issues with shame and with ego and, and with these things, because, and I know for a fact that everyone admires you greatly and, and looked at that time as like a fucking shitstorm, and none of us would have wanted to be in your position to have to, to, have to deal with that. Um, but no one's perspective or no one's opinion of you was, was negative. No one was, I don't, even, even though that was what you felt. So I, I just want to put mm-hmm. that out there that like, and, and the fact that you came through it was just a test, a testament to how strong you are and how, you know, how much people respect you and, uh, and, and just your ability to lead people through that, because that would have been a very easy time for people to be like, you know what, fuck this, I'm out right? Whether that's an, an advisor, an investor, an employee, whatever. And I'm sure, I'm sure you did lose some people through that process. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's on them, right? That's not because of your, uh, your ability. That's just because they don't have the ability to, to handle that risk. Um, yeah. And, and just, just move back to my, my original point though. I think it's really important for people to hear that someone who is the CEO of a company with, you know, multiple employees and you know you have a you have a number of different product lines that you're working on um like you say out loud you said out loud like you had to like pull back the amount of time you were working because you were overwhelmed and you didn't have the ability to even like answer an email so many people are afraid to like admit that but like that's the reality it's like when you're burnt out and when you're overwhelmed and when there's like there's so much shit being thrown at you sometimes like even just fucking checking your emails is difficult and that's yeah. not because you're not strong that's not because you're like shitty leader or shitty person or not a man that's just because like fuck it's hard sometimes right and like you need to pull out and like pull back and like reevaluate so that you can get the energy to then get back in and and give it 110 percent. so it's really impressive that you that you kind of admit that because i think there's so many people out there who are running companies or in positions of seniority executives whoever they are and they they won't admit that they'll be like no no i you know everyone brags about how much, how many hours they work and how much time they put in. But the reality is that's not sustainable for everyone. Some people can do it, but for a lot of people, that's not sustainable forever. And you need to be able to disconnect so that you can recharge. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate all of that. Uh, I think like, again, I, I point back to, it sounds cliche, but I point back to having it done it once before where I mm-hmm. realized that 80 hours a week isn't, isn't what defines you or defines your chance of being successful. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I, I don't, um, I don't, I don't subscribe to the, uh, to the, the, you know, hustle and grind kind of like mindset at all times. I think there are definitely some times that it's required. Um, yeah. but as far as like saying that you're going to sacrifice, you know, all your twenties to like, um, and, and look for some people it works like, uh, but there's for everyone that it works, there's countless stories of like people that it has had the very opposite effect of that. But going back to like what you, you, you said uh, around like taking time off or not taking time off, but I guess reducing, <laughs> like reducing my, uh, my involvement in 2020. Like I was, um, I was like, I mentioned, like I was in a really, really bad spot. Like uh, for the first time I started like, you know, uh, getting some anxiety meds just to kind of like fit, figure out like, uh, to, to get some, some, um, cause I, I, I just felt I couldn't deal with it just on my own anymore. Um, so from like 2019 to part of 2020, like I was on, on meds to help me kind of like, um, and, and part of the side effects for me for the meds were they kind of made me numb to a lot of things. Um, 
and <laughs> and so so uh so part of it was was i think related to that but um once i started to kind of get some you know some of my energy back um it, it's it's kind of interesting because um uh, it just again you just get more perspective when you get through those situations so like 2020 for us like at the end of 2020 like we're down to four employees like we're month to month like roughly like on a on a you know like and i know you've you've been through that um Kofer, with you know just trying to uh, make payroll on a regular basis and just the stress of of knowing wondering if you're gonna be so we were like literally like you know getting to the point where we're almost like month to month like around like and we're like seven years in and i'm like okay, like this is not at all what I signed up for. Uh, so Ben and I, like, again, we kind of do it every year, like around the holidays, we sit, we sit down just before Christmas, before everyone kind of goes home for that extra, that extra break that everyone gets. Like we sit down, we kind of evaluate the year and we kind of talk about whether we accomplish what we set out to do and like kind of talk about what, you know, what to expect for like next year. Yep. And in 2020, like the conversation was very, <laughs> Um, but it was very black and white. Like it was like, all right, I can't do another year of this. Like I'm, I'm, uh, I am, uh, this is not at all what I, where I expected we would be, uh, at this point into, we don't owe everyone, anyone, anything. Cause we've, we've literally like, um, we literally bled for this company and it's just like, um, I, I my health can't take much more of like continuing on, on this, on this journey. Um, and so we, we came down to like three, three very, um, very specific options. It was like, one was potential, the potential of me moving on and letting, uh, cause like we have such an amazing like team, like with the, with even just within, you know, Ben, Mike and Jay who was our development team. And I was like, you know, maybe Ben can take, take over and just basically convert the business into like a dev shop and then, and then do some contract work and then I'll. I'll move on and support the transition as much as I can. But like, I didn't see, I didn't see myself being a valuable member of the team at that point anymore. If we just kept doing, going in that direction, I felt they could, they could do that without me. Uh, another option was, was calling it a day. Um, but the third option was like, why don't we buy career beacon? Essentially, why don't we buy the business from, uh, from the owners of who, who put us in this position to begin with. <laughs> so, so, uh, which is crazy to think about because um, we had like we had no money, and so <laughs> and I, I think that was I think that was Ben's reaction when I brought it. I was like, he was like, "Well, how, how are we going to do this?" And I was like, "I don't know, but let's figure out if they want to sell first, and then we'll figure <laughs> out if we can find the money after." Um, and uh, you know, in, in in late 2020, we sent an email to them, and we literally outlined a version of those options I just shared with you guys. And then, uh, and then, um, when we found out that they were they would be willing to sell, like we made them an offer without like any real cash in the bank for it. So, <laughs> but we're like, if they accept it, like then at least like we have an opportunity to like then it's on us to try to figure right. out if we can get put the funding. In. So. Like we we had nothing to lose. Again, going having your back on the like the options get pretty pretty simple. (laughs) (laughs) So um so that process that was pretty grueling in terms of like doing the, you know, like within because 2021 was quite eventful for us because we you know we put the offer together um and we um we as soon as like they accepted, like then it's like oh shit, now we gotta actually find the money. (laughs) 
<laughs> and so after the races we went and and at the same time we're doing a dude like we have no money like we're running a tab with our, our our lawyers which was like getting to six digits like we're doing a due diligence with Deloitte like we're uh on, on on the acquisition like um you know we're trying to get it financed partially with the banks and partially through investors and so like um so we're essentially doing like all of those things at the same time and trying to just keep the lights on um and so so it was quite like but had i not um had i not took the time to recharge in 2020 i wouldn't have had the energy to go through the what we did in 2021 like it really so when people like sometimes like like the, the, they don't think about the, the subsequent benefits of like, um, taking time for yourself, like in terms of how it provides more clarity and, and, and again, the energy to take on whatever comes next. Uh, but that was like a nine month grueling process in 2021 that I know for sure would not have happened without me taking some time to, to recharge in 2020. This podcast is brought to you by Man of Tea. Man of Tea was developed to bring high-quality organic ingredients together to produce a tasty, warm beverage that has beneficial effects for men's health, both physically and mentally. This includes ingredients that are known to improve prostate health, heart health, brain function, increased memory function, reduced anxiety, and even increased libido. These teas can be enjoyed by everyone, but were designed with men in mind as the options for healthy, caffeinated, or non-caffeinated beverages for men can sometimes seem limited. Just like in life, sometimes men need to be able to step away from the harsh stuff and have something a little more relaxing. That's where Man of Tea comes in. Be a man. Drink tea. And listeners, if you want to try this tea, we're offering a special discount code. Use T-Talks, T-E-A-T-O-X at checkout, and you'll receive 20% off your first order. That's T-Talks, T-E-A-T-O-X at checkout, and you'll receive 20% discount on all orders your first time. How have you found your like your experience with anxiety and and your mental health? And I'm, I'm kind of you you mentioned that you were taking medication for anxiety in 2019, 2020. Um, how have you found your experience with that has changed in the last two years? Because you've taken on, from what I understand, you've taken on more stress, uh, you know, a, a larger payroll, like you know, and obviously there's been kind of ups and downs with with the amount of people you've had over the years, but yeah. Um, you, you know, you're, you're probably at one of the largest, largest you've been since the beginning. Now, yeah. how have you found just, yeah, your experience with that change in the last couple of years? Well, I think, um, I've never been stressed of things that I'm, I can be in control of. So I think like when you look back at the fire and you look back at some of those situations, like that created the anxiety in the first place. And you look back at like, essentially like the corporate takeover kind of like attempt, like, um, and then COVID and, you know, like, um, those are more stressful. Cause I feel like there's like, I, I feel like my actions, the impact of my actions are going to be limited. Uh, mm-hmm. as, like while you're always in control of your destiny, like there's still like, um, I think the, the big difference now is like, yeah, there's definitely more dynamics, uh, than I've ever had with this company. Um, and yeah, the team is, uh, is, uh, we're at 20 now. So, which is like, um, you know, uh, the hard, largest we've ever been, but also during the acquisition, we're down to four. So like within a year, we essentially grew, grew to 20. And there's, uh, there's, there's obviously a lot that goes with, with that. Um, but I, I think for me, like, um, I, I, I have anxiety still, uh, like I still have, you know, stress like that, uh, 
but it's somehow it doesn't feel nearly as bad as like anything that I've, I've gone through before. Um, because I, I can control more of like, you know, the, the, the things we do to navigate, like the, the, you know, this to navigate and, and to figure out what happens next versus at times I felt I was really at the mercy of, uh, you know, the, so many other factors that right. uh, I had limited, uh, ability on so so i think like it's it's a lot more um it's just a lot more manageable for me like uh i've never been like having a lot to do has never been stressful for me uh Mm -hmm. because it's just like this is what i signed up for like this is what i love doing so like why like um like i should be thankful that i have a lot to do and and now i've kind of one thing that i also uh want to add is um you guys might have to edit this in a way that like it doesn't feel like i'm blabbing on for 10 hours <laughs> that's good but one thing i want to also add is like i'm actually really thankful for those experiences now like mm-hmm. um, there's a, like the one thing that i find like like uh before i get into why i'm thankful like the one thing that concerns me about the going through so many uh ups, ups and downs and i think you both of you have, have, have probably experienced this as well is uh, you become numb and what I found about myself, like over the last few years, is uh, uh, I lost a bit of my humanity uh, in terms of like things that I cared about, in terms of like things that really affected me before. And I, I don't want to say that it doesn't affect me now, but I just like um, you know, I used to be deeply affected by like homelessness and and people like struggling and and to, to you know to and to you know to the point that I it'd be very common for me just to be like passing out $20 bills, like walking from one end of, you know, main street to the other end. And over the last few years, like, uh, partially due to like, just the, uh, the, the toll that it had on me and also just the anger and everything else kind of combined. Like I actually became numb to a lot of things that I really cared about before. Um, and it made, and that concerns me, uh, because like, that's not who I want to be as a person. Um, and so like, I am, I am focused on that as far as like, uh, you know, building back like the, my, my, the, the, the human side of my, myself, I guess. I don't know how to describe it, but I definitely, I definitely feel like I've, I've lost a, a, a piece of myself over the last eight or 10 years of going through this. Um, but I've also had different perspectives on on this, and I think part of it I, I, I credit Dan Martel. Like we don't talk very often, but every time we talk, it's it's always uh, very uh, uh, it's very thoughtful for me as far as like just the things that he shares with me, and it always sticks with me. But like one of the things that uh, a couple of things that he shared with me was to be thankful to to that I was even in the arena with, with some of the people I've been with right um, mm-hmm. over the years, like that I've experienced things that a lot of people are never going to experience in their lives or, you know, get in front of people that be, and, and the, the lessons that I've learned being in those situations, it just, you know, equips me for the future. And so just be, and so I look at those things like with, with a different perspective than I did. Uh, and that really helped me like deal with the anger side of it. Um, but the other thing too, is just like the whole, I get to do this, right. I'm not doing this cause I have to do this. And yeah. this is like, this is something that not everyone gets to, um, to have in life. Like not everyone gets to do what they are passionate about or what they'd love to be able to do. They have to do things to survive and they have to do things to, you know, um, to support their families. And, and so 
so I'm definitely like uh, I de- definitely have a, a much different lens than I did uh, when everything was dark and cloudy from for those two years or so. Yeah, a, mi- a mindset of gratefulness is is a great way to, um, yeah, dig yourself out of of a, of a funk, you know, for sure. That, yeah, that's personally, what I have to focus on all the time, you know, like great grateful just to be you know, able to see my kids or be grateful to have a roof over my head. Like, you know, there's such a wide spectrum of people going through different things, right? Like, yeah, but it doesn't minimize anything that anyone's going through. And, um, I didn't get to say it before, but like, yeah, just, uh, super grateful for you to share just the amount that you have shared. You alluded to that. You haven't really been this open, um, before. And, um, I think it carries an enormous, enormous value, um, not just for like you, the founders and the the entrepreneurs, but like for the for the guy who just for everyday people who just sometimes also have like what really struck to me was the the email you had like there's anxiety around emails like I know that was maybe a very brief period of time, but yeah. me struggling with addiction like it was those everyday things that like I could not as I was getting better. I could not handle coming out of that fog. That's what I was numbing for a long time. And, and, uh, yeah, just, I, I'm really grateful, man. And, and you're super authentic and, and, uh, really, really happy to that, that you joined us on here. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've really enjoyed This has been uh, cathartic for myself as well. So <laughs> like I, I, you know, it's, 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 uh, it goes both ways. Uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, the question you asked me a while ago, like whether I feel comfortable, like sharing this, like with investors, I had to reach that moment to be comfortable in, in, in sharing that. Um, but to me, like, uh, yeah, if, if, if I'm not investable in, in your eyes, then, uh, then, uh, that's totally fine by me. Cause I don't, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's not a, it's not a you problem. That's a them problem. Right. That's, and that, and yeah. That, that's what I was getting at earlier in 2019. If people left you for any reason, it, it's on them, right. It's not because, they'd be wrong to do so because you have proven yourself and continue to do so. So, yeah. um, The other thing too, that I want to, I want to share is like uh, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned earlier uh, uh, that, uh, you know, you're always going to, you're always going to struggle with it. Like addiction is is going to be part of your um, life forever. Right. Like it's, Um, but I want to say that like, it's not just addiction. Like people who like, um, People who struggle with depression or struggle with anxiety or struggle with um, that is like people have this this misconception that they're going to get to a point one day when everything is just going to be great and like depression is going to be in the rearview mirror and it's not right. going to be in your or and like I've I've actually like uh, it's funny I had a conversation with my parents like because we were talking about that and I'm comfortable with the idea that I'm going to deal with this for my whole life like this yeah. is going to be something. Um, you know, the anxiety and this, and, and, you know, the, uh, cause I'm an empath. And so like, as an empath, like you feed off of people around you all the time. And like, I know like, uh, part of the reason that I haven't been public is also cause like I have to manage my energy levels, uh, around being, um, around being a lot of people, uh, especially when they were really low, like it's really, uh, it has an opposite effect, but, but I, I think as a, as a, uh, I, I think uh, like, that's the, that's the number one realization that someone can make versus creating like a, a false kind of like narrative in their heads around like, Oh, like, 
in this will be in like in a few years from now, once I'm successful, like this won't be, right. I won't be dealing with this anymore. Like, like doesn't matter what level of success, like we all get to or whatever happens in our lives that we're, this is always going to be something that follows us. And for me, like, I'm just comfortable with that. Like, like to, yeah. to know that, to know that when it does come like that, I just need to be extra, you know, careful around like how, uh, how I manage my energy, how I the things that I choose to do and not do. And then know that, um, as long as, as long as I get ahead of it, um, then it will pass. Um, yeah, that's so, that's, that's yeah. This, this too will pass such a parallel to like how I, yeah, yeah big time. Um, I know we're, we're tight on time and you got to move, uh, you got to drive Eve. Um, I just have have a final question and hopefully it's a final question, but, um, after your first, your first, um, call it failure, um, how did you get the energy and confidence to try again? Um, like how did you, how did you figure out that you could get back in the arena and not be terrified um and and this is a question that like personally i i had to to kind of deal with and and think a lot about after after our company failed um uh i mean i love the question um it's uh it's uh i i mean the short answer is i i i didn't know like uh it was actually stronger than me like i just like um, I just knew that I, I wanted to, um, live a life where I get to do like that, to be in control of what I want to be able to do. And, um, and so like when I fall for bankruptcy, like, like the first two years are really hard. Cause we're literally, you know, my wife was the only in like income that we had like come into. And, and so, you know, combining like credit card balances to buy groceries and, um, you know, just like, um, every, everything, everything felt like, um, yeah, it just, it just, you know, and, and then I think my first job after was like, uh, I got fired actually from like the first three jobs. Cause I was, I was unemployable. Like I was, just, <laughs> like, um, I tried to like get back on my feet a little before I was actually mentally ready. And so I went to work, uh, cause I had to like, we had to eat. Um, but like, I think my first job was like 32,000 a year, which was a pretty steep, um, you know, step down from like, um, what I was making prior to that, not that I was killing it by any means, but I was at least, uh, comfortable. And then, uh, and then after that, like I, um, I spent five years trying to rebuild, first of all, rebuilding my credit, um, knowing that like, there's nothing I can do. I can't jump into the next thing comfortably without like getting to like a certain stage of like, you know, bouncing back from bankruptcy. But I think like, um, the biggest catalyst for me was when I were, I mentioned I worked in economic development. I must've seen like a hundred to hundred to 200 people a year who either had businesses or want to start businesses. And, and I started to like understand the, I started to like get more comfortable and understand that like, Hey, I know stuff. Cause every time I had those meetings, like they would leave like, you know, motivated and full of energy. And I like, right. felt like they knew like what they had to do next kind of thing when they were struggling. And I was like, Hey, maybe I know a thing or two more than I think I know about running a business. Um, and I think one of the biggest, uh, uh, was, um, launch 36, uh, that mm-hmm. the accelerator that was in the line of Canada, that's now propel. Um, I went to one of the first demo days and I saw people on stage pitching and I was like, that's what I want to be doing. Like, I want to be like, I want to be back on stage. I want to be, you know, uh, building something, 
uh, from the ground up. And uh, I've always loved building stuff. So whether that's like, you know, construction or like actually Legos or whatever you want to say. <laughs> uh, but I didn't, I, I mean, I struggle with my confidence. So like the first few years, like um, I, I almost like caved in like probably 10 times, like around, like, just like, uh, you know, I had people who miss, who miss, uh, I had people who never even, um, who knew nothing about me and thought I was just like a government hack that was trying to like start a, start my own business. And so like, that wasn't super helpful. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah, I just struggled with the, with carrying those, um, carrying that shame into like the first few years of the business. I would say that I've only been confident in my abilities to run this business since, uh, 2021, since the start of that going through that year has been transformational for me because it like, yeah. it shouldn't have happened. Like what we did should not have happened. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I would say like, that's how long it took. It's uh, it's, it's a gradual, like, it's not like, Oh, like one day my confidence, I was back right. to, you know, back to being uh, my young cocky, like, uh, you know, in 20 year old version of myself, like, uh, and I'm still not a hundred percent there, but I'm okay with where I'm at right now. Yeah. I'm okay with 93%. That's probably where I'm going to top off. <laughs> I'm really glad to hear that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I know I said that was my last question, but I have one final one. I just want to ask you, how have mentors affected your career and or mental health? Um, I've had, uh, uh, I've had, I've had some, uh, I've had people show up at, pretty key times for me that, uh, I think if they had not been there, um, I don't think that I would have, um, I don't think that I would have, we would be talking right now, or we could be talking, but we would be talking about a very different, um, and, and so, um, so I've always been like, I've always like, like I'm, I'm self-taught. So like, I, I never, like, I never, it's not like I, I followed like a playbook or anything like that to like get to this, uh, you know, I'd never, um, I'd never raised money before. Like I never like, you know, build a software as a service company before, like even, you know, building a team up, all of those things. So I've had to rely on mentors to like, on, to learn all of these things along the way. And, and just, and I, I've always been very, um, I have, I have no fear of just reaching out to people, even if I don't have like any connections between and just being like, Hey, I love what you're doing. Like, like, I feel like, you know, just kind of like, um, figure out who can be most helpful at key times of the organization. So, but I've had people like that, uh, I, you know, during the darkest days that really, um, um, were willing to take a call with me when a lot of people weren't. Um, and, and that was, that was tremendously helpful, but yeah, I think, uh, I think you learn a lot from people that have been there, uh, before, especially if they've been there before, like not that long ago and they can still be very related to like whatever you're, uh, whatever you're going good, good or bad. So, um, but yeah, I've always been, I've always been pushing my team to find mentors within their own industries. Like people think that only like founders and, and, you know, management should, should get surround themselves with mentors or coaches even, which is something I used to be anti-coach. Now I'm very much open to it because I have a great coach, but, um, <laughs> uh, but before, before that, I, I thought coach <laughs> business coaches for me were, uh, were kind of like the, uh, equivalent of a consultant i guess <laughs> a general yeah. consultant i don't know how to yeah. i don't want to be there's some great consultants out there by the way i don't want to be uh, uh dismissive <laughs> of that but i was like anti-coach and so now i have a great coach and that's been helpful for me as well uh but uh but that but i think like 
anyone who wants to do well in whatever they're doing, um, whether that's like, does that those things aren't reserved just for the CEOs or the C level people? Like well, anyone in I my company, a, I have a sponsor. Yeah. I have a sponsor, and it's the same. You know, yeah. yeah. I rely on the lessons that they learned, yeah. so that I can hopefully avoid the the same pitfalls, whatever. Right? Like it's it is absolutely. It's funny that. That's that's why I asked that question. Is I think that uh, I think in entrepreneurship, the equivalent of like a support group is like a group of mentors, and it, and if you have one particular mentor that that you that you rely on or you lean on more than the other, then they you know they effectively are a sponsor. Um, yeah. And, uh, and I, yeah, and I one thing I learned through my experience of a failure is the investors that I had. A lot of those were also my mentors, and when I told them what was happening and, and, you know, told them that we were, we were, we were going to you know wind the company down. Their response was a mentor response, which was they shared experiences that they had had. They supported yeah. me as an individual. They asked how I was personally rather than where the fuck's my money gone kind of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I, it's, it's just, it's important to recognize that, you know, there's people around you that, that can form your support group and, uh, and help when times are tough, tough. Yeah, I, I, I'll echo what you just said on the investor side because we we were uh, like a like we we came close a few times over the last few years and and that's always been the the message was always like how are you doing right mm-hmm. it's always like um, and, and it wasn't about like you know like except for one I think one of them was like oh like do you think you'll be able to like <laughs> you know um, there's always uh, one or two yeah but but everybody else like in in my group they were all like you know, checking in on me around like, Hey, how are you doing? And like, are you getting enough sleep? And like, and, um, a lot of them are just like, fuck it, shut it down. Like you don't know anyone, anything like you've, you've, you've been at this long enough and you've, um, you know, you, um, you have nothing to be ashamed of or embarrassed of just, um, but I never wanted to shut it down because I didn't want to, our demise to be, uh, orchestrated by someone else. Right. Uh, and so for me, like, I was like, I'm okay with like, if it had, if it had failed because of, you know, things that, but in this instance, I was like, I was like, no, this is not how things end for us. Like, this is <laughs> like, so, um, so that the stubbornness of that is the reason that we, uh, we, we never sh- uh, shut it down, but we also had like, you know, we had, I mean, you and I share some of the, some similar investors too, uh, Topher. So like, um, you know, some of them like, uh, really stepped up like at the worst of times for us. And, um, and I can say, I can say with certainty again, that, you know, we would not be here if it wasn't for them, uh, continuing to believe in us, even though there potentially wasn't that many reasons to continue to put money into the company at that time, uh, point in time. So, um, yeah, so that's all part of, that's all part of being able to, to, to get to do what we get to do, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Well, well thank you for we're running over Tof. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for for your time today, man. It was really great to catch up with you and chat about all this stuff. Yeah, um, you as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, both of you. As I said, you're you're greatly respected uh, in, in all areas, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to have a beer with you again sometime soon. And uh, and you know catch up if it helps like you know one person overcome something or and that's i think tofer and i said at the very beginning like if if this helps one person like that's that's like yeah so um so no i uh i really like what you guys are doing and uh um 
yeah, happy to happy to contribute to it, and I'll, I'll be following you uh, both of you very closely. So, <laughs> all right, um, thanks. So, all right, guys, take care. Yeah, take care. Thanks, appreciate it. See you. Bye.